guy from Jersey. Yeah, sure. exactly. Okay, we'll say Sitch from now on. That's Sitch because that, that word is now completely warped out of this language. Because now it's a, that... A moniker of a douchebag from Jersey. Thank you, exactly. He stole he stole that word from us. Well, we he's, take he's, it back. He's, he we stole, to take them all back. He stole Barry's identity. I'm taking it back. Barry, taking Barry all used back. to think he was the biggest douchebag from Jersey, but they, they told oh. him... Oh, hey. folks, it's Geek Shock number 76. <laughs> I am Master Torgo. Dr. Vlog. Hades Jeff. Commander K. And we're here to talk about Weekend Geek, but uh, speaking of Weekend Geek, what'd you do with your geeky week, gentlemen? What'd you do? What was good? Anything? Yeah, you, could, you go, because I know you got something. I got something. I was <laughs> Barry's got something. Oh, I went to Disneyland this weekend. Uh, I have a season pass to Disneyland. Now, I am not a Disney person. Mm-hmm. Deb is a Disney person. Okay. She used to work there. Uh... I don't care for the movies or anything, but you know I like Disneyland. It That's just feels true. good walking around Disneyland because hey, you're in Disneyland for <laughs> Christ's sake. So I don my Mickey ears. I, I I own it, man. I wear those things the entire time I'm there. See, that's brilliant that you can <laughs> embrace your child like that. Oh hell yes. yeah! That's where you need to do it. That's where it has to happen. If you can't wear the ears, you got no business. Mm-hmm. So I buy a pair of Mickey ears and every time I go there. I don't embroider them or anything like okay, that. Okay, wait, so you, you buy a new pair every time you go? Yeah. So how many pair you got now? Well, three. I should have four. Okay. But I have three because that's when I started doing wearing them. All right. Going there. Same ears every time? The regular? Regular old black ears. Okay. Plain not the, vanilla me. You not, know. The, not the one with your name on them? No, I don't put the name on them because that's creepy weird. Dr. Vlar, um, dude, right you're on already. Dude, how awesome would that be to have a, a pair of Mickey ears that said Dr. Vlarg on it? Yeah, but they don't really do that so much anymore. Anyway, it's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> I did okay. buy another pair of Mickey ears while I was there. Another because, yeah, pair? I went on the so ride. You bought two stuff, pairs? But there is something. Tr- yes, I did. And here's why. Okay. There's some truly awesome stuff going on at Disney California Adventures, which is the sister park to Disneyland. Yeah. They'd set up this whole thing for Tron Legacy. Um,. Electronica, they call it, where they have this whole big dance party after 6 p.m. with a DJ and dancers in Tron outfits and lights and Flynn's Arcade, like the one they had at Comic-Con, set up in the back where you can play all the games for a quarter, including Space Paranoids. Brilliant. Now, you know, anyone who's seen Tron, the original, knows that the game that Flynn plays in the arcade is Space Paranoids. It it wasn't a real game. It didn't exist until, mm, I don't know, a few months ago when they put it in this arcade. Brilliant, huh? Mm-hmm. And they have some classic games in there, stuff I hadn't seen in a while. It's Disney. They can get their hands on this stuff. Anyway, right. they also had six minutes of the new movie. I'm totally jazzed to see this movie. I already have my tickets for the midnight showing, really? IMAX 3D. Nice. And, of course, <laughs> wow, the toys are awesome. They look amazing. Do Go they have them, them on display there, too? Oh, display, they had them. You could buy them. Oh, Okay. Um, they should be in the regular in Toys R Us and stuff. stuff yeah, it's time. It is, yeah. yeah, it is time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Game came, game came out a day. But yeah, what you say. can't get is uh, oh, I bought the game there already. You bought the game? Yeah, last Saturday. Like, last Saturday. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. 
What's the what is the point of buying a game early if you don't play it early? Because I get a ten percent hey. discount because I have a Disney card. He's got card. work to do. I'm not knowing. I'm, I'm I'm just saying you can't say, "Hey, I got this game four days before you, but I'm going to open it two days after you bought it." It doesn't count. It. But I bought it, so I own it, and that's what counts. Doesn't what also count. counts is I bought that other Mickey hat with that, that's Tron Legacy Mickey hat. Really? Now it's a it's a collector's item, as everything is in Disney because they're whores for merchandise. Right. One of a thousand, and it was like the third cool. one left, and that was, and that's going to be it. They never make it. So anymore. these these glow, I assume. Oh uh, yeah, the little batteries, and you turn it on, it flickered, the lights flicker, and it says oh, Tron that. Legacy on it, and it comes in a very special case with a satin lining, and <laughs> that's going up on my uh, display area. In my room. How much did that set you back? Seventy dollars. Seventy dollars. Seventy dollar pair of ears. Yes, with Tron on it. And I guarantee I could turn around and sell them for two hundred in a month or so. Yes, you're probably but I'm right. Not gonna. Unless this movie completely tanks, then you're stuck with another pair of ears. It's not. It's not gonna tank. <laughs> it's not gonna tank. <laughs> Disney collectors are insane. That's man. true. This they is, really this are. Is true. Yeah. Oh my god. Bless them yeah. in the face for allowing me to sell things here and there. The fact. Okay, I just kind of walked in and said, "Huh, ears? Okay, I'll buy them." They were gone. That was the third day they were available. And they wow. were all thousand of them were already gone. I can't say I'm surprised, really. Crazy no, you, stuff. you guys have no idea with the Disney collectors. I worked for the Disney catalog for uh, oh, that's for right. I forgot months. about that. And uh, honestly, one of the easiest jobs I ever had. I mean, it's you know, all you do is you know, you answer the phone, and you don't even have to answer the phone. It answers automatically for you. Gives you a tone, lets you know that the person's there. You, you say your little line, and then uh, you know, basically they give you in order all the stuff they want to order and you punch it in the computer and it tallies it up for you. But uh, I swear to God, like every order I took mm-hmm. was, you know, minimum a couple hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we're not talking like, you know, one item that's $200. We're talking like multiple items, like average order of 15 to 20 pieces. A lot of pins. I lot, uh, well, yeah, the, the pin collectors are They're insane, ridiculous. those people. I mean, like, true. we're literally, uh, we would have people call up, um, the pin would be, re- you know, have a specific date of release, and we weren't allowed to sell it before then, but people would call up, like, day in and day out, all the way up to when the pin was released, <laughs> and saying, I want to yes, order this yes, item, and I'm sorry that item's not available yet. He's like, but it's, I've got the thing right here. Well, it's released on this date. He's like, well, you can't, you can't just go ahead and order it for me? No, I'm sorry, it, it, the system won't allow us to purchase it before this date. Which actually was technically a lie, but you know, yeah. it just it would come up and say not available, but you could actually put the order through because our system was so freaking ancient oh. that uh, yeah, it 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 was just a note that would come up that say not available. You literally could put the order through. Well, the point is into the, pe- their, the people into that you their... were uh, the people you were helping. I saw them in the park, and there's these really big fat people. And the fatter yeah. you are, it's good because you have more space for pins on you. Yeah. You have more surface area. <laughs> And these people will cover every square inch of their bodies with these things. Hey, they listen, train with that each is other. actually that is Disney helping out with the obesity problem in America, <laughs> making them shiny so we can find them. Uh, well, there's that. There, there is the increased uh, visage after dark in your vehicle, but uh. there's also the fact that it adds the extra weight on there, which means they have to burn more calories to move with all the pins on. It's like wearing armor. Well, thank you, Disney. Yeah, so they're actually doing their part yeah, to help American obesity. That and the parks themselves, because God, I didn't do so much walking since. Since uh, I went to England. Disney is great 
for the American Heart Association. Oh my God. You know what? I'm, so I'm actually gonna I'm gonna still. disagree with you on that because most of those type of people they get to that point they get those damn scooters and they become scooter people. I didn't see no, any those, scooters in Disneyland. No, exactly. They they curb that real well, and on top of that, that's cheating, and they know it. A lot of strollers, though, and I'm a little tired of people running over my feet in those strollers. There's this You're woman tired? just literally pushing me, fucking running over my feet. I say, ow, I look at her, she looks at me, and she just keeps on going. Yeah, that's right. She's like, oh, Welcome. that douchebag from Jersey. I was going to eat her, baby. <laughs> Welcome I'll to my you. world every year oh, at sure. Comic-Con. Then who would be overweight? Yeah, babies are low and fat. Every year. Fucking strollers running over Ooh, my feet. stroller people. Ooh. Anyway, that's what I did for my geeky thing, and I got I, I went to a... To a friend's house and got into a game of Munchkin this week, and that was oh brilliant! Cool. Always a good time. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, Kirsten, Jeff, you guys do anything geeky this week? Uh, I just watched uh, Batman, Superman, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Finally. Yeah. What'd you think? I know it's it? months, months later. Uh, you know, it was fine. Uh, I, I didn't love it. I wasn't on edge, but I didn't hate it. And I think the reason is because I was very familiar with the the graphic novel, read the graphic novel, and it was. It was pretty much verbatim, you know, the movie. I mean, that's good. In, in some ways, panel for panel. Um, that's good. With that's, the actual, so I mean, geeks will revolt. Yeah, well, I mean, you, know, you, you guys remember my my rant about Superman Doomsday when they completely changed that for the uh, the straight right. to DVD movie. Yeah. But uh, this they one, change things for TV and movies. Yeah. You know, they yeah. have to. Yeah, but, but that, 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 that was extreme, though. That was pretty yeah, bad. I, they oh. completely changed like, the story. That was like an iconic story. Yeah, that oh. they turned to well, best selling graphic novel of all time. You know. <laughs> That's the one you don't want to change. Yeah. Hey, hey let's go ahead and change things mm. just for change's sake. God, I worked no, but in I liked the it, store uh, when they sold that. Oh, yeah. did you? When the Superman, Death of Superman came out. But that was crazy. Was, um, yeah, it was. It, we had people lined up around the block. It was insane. Really? I think I ended up buying that thing like three times. Yeah. So I, well, I, bought the, the, I wore the little morning headband, and I had a little placard I made on a backing board. We are out of the death of Superman, and I wore it while I walked around the store, and the store was crowded. I mean, it was literally shoulder to shoulder. Now, this store, this uh, store was on Madison and Wabash in Chicago, so every comics day, it was, it was always cr- jam-packed, sardine-like, but this, people were out the door, and it was insane, and people would just, like, you know... Oh, you were just down the road from me. Uh, Pizzeria Uno, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Dewey. And, and uh, they would just, they'd, they'd look at me and they'd like, do you? And they'd see my sign. They're like, oh, okay, <laughs> oh. thank you. So, but it was just, it, it, was, a lot of breath. it was insane. It was insane. They were lined up out the door and around the corner. It was just monstrous. What'd you do this week? I ran my first Gamma World adventure for my other game group. And how did that go? Well, uh, as they predicted, the character generation was a hoot. The guys absolutely loved randomly rolling up their characters. Well, that sounds uh, like fun already. Randomly rolling up the characters? Brilliant. Yeah, you do. You randomly choose your, uh, your, your two mutational origins, and then you combine them together to come up with your concept. And uh, you, I'm you looking f- forward to this. Yeah, no, and then it, you fill in your attributes relating to the origins, and then the rest of your scores are 3d6 in order down the line. Really? Oh, yeah. oh even better. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. We got one guy. Yes. He's got like he's got a five intelligence, <laughs> a six wisdom, wow. and an eight constitution. It's like he blew it on all his uh, oh, his role, so. I'm so excited to now, play this. The more you talk. Now oh, this guy, right. he was, act- and this is funny because 
We, we're, we're a mixed bag. There's uh, some of us who have been gaming together for 17 years. We started right. in 1993 uh, when I first came to Vegas, and uh, my friend Ron and I were working at the MGM. He was a scarecrow, and I was a cowardly lion. <clears throat> and uh, we started gaming together. And so Ron eventually brought in his childhood friends, so we've got that little section. And then we were talking before about mixed families. Ron's wife's son, who is in his early 20s, joined in and brought a couple of his friends. So you've got us on one hand, and then you've got three or four of the 20-something guys, most of whom had never played uh, a role-playing game until Ron started them on 3.5. Oh, wow. Huh. And so... Um, we actually, uh, we were all playing this. And one of the guys, uh, Dan, was, uh, he rolled up, um, he rolled up Giant, which is one of the okay. card, you, origins you can, and he also rolled up Swarm. Now, they call it Rat Swarm, but you can actually be a swarm of whatever you want to call it. And he's, he's a giant swarm. He's like a seven-foot-tall swarm, and he chose ferrets. So his character is like this big, swarming mass of ferrets that just rolls That's all disgusting. over. And I then it's really awful. funny because on his, on his equipment table, he rolls up riding horse. So he's a giant swarm of ferrets who has this riding horse. <laughs> how, how does that even work? And he's the one with the seven intelligence and Yo, the six better. wisdom. And so it was, it was, it, it was, it's actually, it was a lot of fun. God, how and, do you uh, roll that low so, for everything? How do you role well, play a swarm of ferrets? Oh, it's 3D6. Yeah. yeah. So, and he just, it he is did, a sentient he just, swarm he just of dropped. Ferrets. Two twos and a one, you know. You have to be one of these people that has the worst luck in the world yeah. to get that low. Yeah. That's crazy. But still, yeah, he what, did, he, he what role-playing opportunity? Oh, it, it, the guys were fun. The guy, another guy uh, rolled Giant and then rolled Yeti. And so he starts spinning this tale about how he's from the Pacific Northwest. He's a champion of his Sasquatch people, but he is sent uh, wandering the wastelands to prove himself before he returns home to be the champion of his people. So the guys were working it really cool. Oh, so this is that's a lot of funny. Fun. So it was cool. It was cool. And I decided we'll just set it in Las Vegas. The ruins of Las Vegas, and so the, everyone has references. You just explain why you're in the town, and we'll play it post-apocalyptic Vegas, and take it from there. This so. I'm nice. having deja vu. I yeah. swear, there's another game like this out there somewhere. Uh, Fallout New Vegas, I believe. Uh, maybe yeah, could be. <laughs> awesome. No, I think you're thinking of GURPS. GURPS. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so, yep, that's what uh, that's what I did. Well, I spent my week in absolute obsession. Yes. <laughs> What'd you ridiculous, do? Ridiculous, ridiculous obsession. You, you bastard. <laughs> it's all your goddamn fault and your pinball effects. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so long, you bitched and whined that your TV couldn't handle it. And mm -hmm. now it does, and now you're stuck in pinball world. Oh, huh? it's so good. It's so good. And uh, if you're listening to this, uh, if you own Xbox, then... Uh, Pinball effects Marvel tables have hit, so you can download those now. If you own a PS3, you have to wait another week. I can't wait. But uh, but yeah, they keep you, add, they adding the tables, and it's oh, you have no idea. You Barry. have no idea, Barry. Like literally hours, hours. hours. I will get up to go to work, get dressed, get out the door. He's playing. I will come home. I you now granted, I can't verify that he's been playing the whole time I've been at work. He has no but idea. But I'll come home, and I won't cop. And he's still playing. <laughs> And 
So yeah. have you managed to beat any of my scores? Oh, I think you need to look at your deep table, sir. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think you need to look deep and hard at that score and look deep into yourself to see if life is truly worth it. I hate you. <laughs> I have a new thing that's <laughs> beating you on now. Yeah. Oh, He's I, taken you on one table, and he yeah. considered it the greatest accomplishment ever. <laughs> he goes, I come home from work, he's, he's like, want to see something cool? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, a couple, like 10 million, right? You beat his score by like 10 million? Son of a bitch! Try 36 million. 36 what? million? What? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was maybe a small margin, but apparently it was more than that. No, no, and also happened to be while it was entered into the tournament, so it actually adds, tournament. A, adds a tournament score. I to haven't it. entered into a tournament yet. Well, that's your big it's bad hoodie do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a tournament to score too, man. I'm never going to get the Playtron Evolution now. Welcome to hell. I hate you. <laughs> hate you. And wow. uh, the uh, Rock Band 3 Pro Guitar came in this week. Yes. And it is a ungodly awesome piece of hardware. It is a gorgeous uh, piece of it, equipment, it's I gotta impressive. say. For all the times that I threatened that this game would actually teach a guitar, this is no longer a threat. It, it They make good on the promise. This game will teach you how to play a guitar. Yeah, it was teaching him chords. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. If you can, if you can afford to get one, or ask for one for Christmas, whatever you have to do, if you're into the rhythm game genre at all, this is the pinnacle. But be warned, it is a high cost in learning to get this thing down. If you don't know how a guitar works, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you, you really have to go through. The previous lessons. knowledge helps, but definitely do the lessons. Otherwise, you will throw it in frustration. So let's do uh, some shit news, shall we, gentlemen? All right. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Everyone likes shit news. News we don't give a shit about. That's the one. All right. For those of you who weren't aware, there's a browser-based, free-to-play Bible MMO. Oh, oh really? No. Can't wait for that. Yeah. And uh, judging by the contest the Bible Online is having, uh, most of you probably weren't aware. You see, developers claim the actual name of the game is too general, the Bible Online. In that it's too difficult to optimize for search engines such as Google. Makes sense. So, three user entries will be given special prizes, although the prizes haven't been detailed, and one entry will presumably be chosen as the game's new name. And seeing how this, how the game is the MMO and three prizes, most likely some kind of in game item. However, I, I do want to throw in here that there's been uh, some funny entries. For suggestions for the name of the uh, Bible online, <laughs> Jesus Craft. What? Uh, such. Uh, although that is a great one, you, you should actually throw that in there. Uh, uh, so, some suggested ones was uh, Stairway to Canaan, uh, Settlers of Canaan, God, <laughs> uh, World of Bible Craft, Life of Brian Online, <laughs> Nice, the greatest MMO ever played, <laughs> the Gospel according to Saint Google. <laughs> and finally, Old Testament, new patches. Uh, <laughs> I like Jesus Craft. I do too. What were the expansions? Uh, what were the expansions for? <laughs> the, Burning the Burning Crusade. Crusade. That, 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 the they're done. The, the Burning Crusade. Yeah, the Burning Crusade. That's the right. Burning Crusade. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's that new Ku Klux Klan MMO. The, oh, the, the, oh, the, the, the Wrath of the Jew King. Happen? Did that just happen? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
Gosh. And then, uh, well, cataclysm. There you go. Yeah. Where, where's Jesus camp here? <laughs> where's that video? We're going to pop that in again. <laughs> News don't give a shit about when Warner Brothers announced they'd be rebooting Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, another piece of Buffy in the, in the shit news. Three weeks in a row. Barry's eyes roll. With a movie curiously missing Joss Whedon, a lot of people were pretty unhappy about it. However, it turns out the folks over at Warner Brothers weren't initially really stupid in that Joss actually was offered to helm the Buffy remake. And, of course, he declined. So they were forced to look elsewhere rather than having ignored him like people initially thought. Well, why, well, why would he helm it? It was his well, fault. Ex- well, exactly. Exa- well, but at the same time, he's not going to go back to it. He's, no. He doesn't want to reinvent what he's already reinvented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he did a good job at it. Yeah. As much as I don't like Buffy, he did a good job at it. Yeah, so does that mean that he doesn't own Buffy? It's never it's did. Warner uh, never did. There Interesting. Yep. And finally, in the shit news, for twenty six hundred dollars, a company called Cremation Solutions will make a custom personal urn quote created from one or two photographs with exceptional attention to details. I saw this. If an urn shaped like a departed person's head, it wasn't creepy enough. They also offer the option of urns in the image of your favorite celebrity or hero, quote, even President Obama. Why would you put your ashes in Obama's head? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But but my question is, if you, like, send them a picture of Dr. Doom, will they give you, like, a Dr. Doom urn to put your your ashes in? I got a better use for it. Yeah? Why don't I get a bunch of these things, put hair on them and everything, you know, and then you can use them as candy dishes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome Eat from my head <laughs> I, I, can, I accept that And you just see Barry carrying around a head Shaped like Barry And popping this little <laughs> ponytail hair head thing off And going Have some candy? Because I know he would do it Yes he would <laughs> If Thank I you. had $2,600 to burn Yeah, yeah. I'd do it. It's almost worth hesitation. It's almost worth giving him the twenty six hundred and change. (laughs) I I need some like Hershey's kisses in there. Okay, well, you know. Hell, if you bought that, I would buy the candy for you. (laughs) Peanut butter candy. And that's all the shit news. So oh, yeah, a little wow. quick outing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so that, that hopefully I, that means that there's some good news. Like the week in geek. So yeah, here's here's the the real news of the week in geekdom. Consumer Reports. Yes. January 2011 print issue. Not kind to AT and T. Really. In a feature ranking America's wireless carriers, AT and T placed dead last. With full-fledged worse ratings in the value, voice, data, phone, website, email, staff knowledge, and issue-resolved categories. The absolute worst ranking you can get from that com- from uh, Consumer Reports. Wow. Only AT&T's texting got something less than a full-fledged worse rating, and that received a below-average rank. Wow. It's, it's great to see that little uh, chart that... Puts them all there in, in their order, and there's just this row of just black dot, black dot, black dot, black dot, half black dot, black dot, black dot, <laughs> wow. going all the way across where everyone's like white, middle, red, good, you know. I wasn't aware that AT and T was that bad. Uh, notoriously, notoriously so, and so it's it's like Apple got put a saddle on a dead mule. Yeah. 
Well, there's their network is one of the oldest, and they have not really put a lot of money into upgrading their network. Well, that, they that went makes sense. I mean, it's I guess everything is trade offs, but they went with more trying to build the most number of towers to have the most coverage. Okay, as opposed to reliable and uh, technologically sound coverage. Well, because I used to have an AT&T phone way back, so right. I didn't have a bad experience, mm-hmm. um, but that was back then. <clears throat> right. This was before iPhones. This was at the, the, the dawning of phones that weighed less than a brick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so now I have a Sprint phone, and it's okay. Now their network is like overly taxed by all the people that went out and bought iPhones and are using them for, you know browsing rather than as a phone so the network doesn't, isn't really designed to handle all of that whatever and that, well that's part of it i'm sure but some good news okay the australian government has finally approved a proposal to implement an ratings 18 plus rating for video games which if approved by state and territory governments could pave the way for a lot of popular games to finally appear on shelves in the country. Yay! Currently, games must be rated by Australia's system in order to be sold in the country. No rating, no shelf space, physical or virtual. Biggest problem with this for Australian gamers has been that the country has had no rating above MA15+. So a game is effectively banned if it's not considered appropriate for a 15-year-old. Lawmakers insist that they created the new, more mature rating because these unedited games were getting through to 15-year-olds anyway, and now the new legislation will do a better job of keeping mature games out of their hands. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah, Australia is notorious for that sort of thing. And yeah. you'd think Australia would be, you know, forward-thinking, but uh, yeah. I guess not. Rockstar hasn't put a legal game out there since table tennis. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're a little behind the curve. Finally, Australia can stop crying for the great games that we've all been playing all this time. Good. So good. blessings to them. That is if it passes. It could very well not pass. Yeah, violence and explosions are not good for the Australian kids, apparently. I wasn't aware that there were so many conservatives in Australia. Yeah. I don't I don't know if there are or yeah, they're, not. They're, I just, they're, it's, it's just different yeah, things. Is anyone yeah. listening from Australia? Write different us. Comment on couchshow.com. Yeah. Let me know. Tell us about your oppressive government. like every government has its trade-offs like here we you know we have fat people yeah (laughs) we we censor sex on tv versus you know violence and then do exactly the opposite in like england and so forth yeah more sex on tv less violence i think they should let all the more sex happen on tv and censor fat people (laughs) just you have the kick don't you you Disneyland just really got to your psyche. Wow. People, you can't get around them. It is the hypnosis of Disney. <clears throat> like, you ever been stuck behind a fat person? Is this the guy that's been to Comic-Con how walking? many years? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Let's take voted. a moment here while Barry alienates two-thirds to three-quarters of the geek community. <laughs> I just want to throw <laughs> celery at them. Hopefully it'll get in their mouth, and as we know from Fable, celery makes you thin. <laughs> it has a negative calorie count. Well, with the termination of its long-running hit, Smallville, at the end of this season, the CW has been looking around for some other teen superhero programming to fill the void. In steps Raven, a character created to appear in the first incarnation of the Teen Titans, who hasn't really starred in her own book. 
You've got this in the right category. I, you know, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. I'm going. You know what? I, I probably should have put this elsewhere. Uh, all that we know about CW's Raven is that she will go by the name of Rachel Roth, which may indicate that the show will be based on the current version of the character, a teenage high school student in whom the spirit of Raven was incarnated so that she could fill fulfill a doomsday prophecy by marrying the leader of a cult that worshipped the demonic father of the original Raven. Trigon. Is that how it worked out? I think Trigon is the father. Yeah, so she you, never had her own book. Since you actually no. you know, come, added to the Raven experience here, uh, tell me about Raven. Um, I, I, you know... She, Good story. She's one of a she, yeah. She, she almost it's almost like they tried to Marvelify it, and which would kind of make sense because I know Raven from Marv Wolfman and George Perez's run on Teen Titans, right? And and she's the mysterious mystic that you don't quite understand what power she has. Okay, so, and she has a dark dark fate because you know her right. her dad well, is well, demons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just know her from the cartoon and she's always a secondary character. Yeah, yeah. Well, always kind of has been, right? They, they don't know what to do with her, you know. I mean, well, they really they know to make a TV show out of her. That's what they yeah, had to do with her the whole time. Well, well, you got a lot of holes to fill, so I don't know. Lots of freedom there to work your creative. Well, magic. you know what? Given this that she'll get her own TV show, I'll bet now she gets her own book. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. See, there you go. I should hope this so. This is good for Raven. Maybe not good for the CW viewer, but it's good for Raven. <laughs> okay, right. to be in the Teen Titans, you have to be eighteen. So that means that she has what from thirteen to nineteen, uh, mm-hmm. six years on a run on this show maximum before she has to join the damn Teen Titans. Or the show won't make any sense. Is it still called the Teen Titans? Actually, I think they're now the Titans. Just the Titans, I, but I'm not sure because I. Because Dick know, Grayson. W- once, once Perez left, I. I you know, shamefully don't follow. I think they're just going to ruin the, the mythos like they did with Smallville. Hmm. Just piss all over it. <clears throat> Starfire, though, hot business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, that, yeah. I'll take yeah. a Starfire Coriander. show. Coriander. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Those green eyes. I mean, nothing but green. Like, no white sclera yeah. or pupil. That's right. You can never know if she's looking at you or not. Yeah. When you're looking, when you're failing to make eye contact with that <laughs> uniform. That's why you wear sunglasses. <laughs> and, and, you, and, you say, and you say, stop staring at me. And she says, I wasn't. Huh. Oh, oh, put it on her. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dating advice from uh, <laughs> Master Torgo. Oh, the Master of. Absolutely. <laughs> Clearly. Superhero dating advice. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, hey, remember uh, Vuvuzelas? Who? Vuvuzelas, those annoying high decibel plastic <laughs> noisemakers. That everybody got obsessed with during the World Cup. Oh, oh, yeah. those, yeah. And then everyone stopped talking forgot about, about Bulbas Elvis. Forgot about it, apparently. Yeah. Well, this is great. Uh, game maker Ubisoft, they remember it, and it's incorporated them into a Michael Jackson themed Nintendo DS game as an anti piracy measure. Huh? <laughs> huh? This might beat Star Force. Here we go. If you pirate the game and attempt to play the ROM, touch screen cues won't display, and more troublingly, the shrill sounds of the Vuvuzela will buzz over the music of the game, drowning it out. Nice. Now that's that's kind of cool. that's kind of impressive. That's uh, that's thinking outside the box. Well, I got one better. Why don't they just have a thing that screams and says, "Hey, this guy's a pirate. He pirated this game. He's a big fat pirate." <laughs> You're never gonna get me. <laughs> All right. Now this is my favorite story of the day. 
this 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 in fact this might be my favorite story of the month half a year all right this is this is tip top and you barry especially will appreciate it you i don't know if you played it i don't know what you either we'll i'm skeptical out. we'll see <laughs> composer christopher tin with me I'm yeah with you. christopher tin received a grammy award nomination for the song baba yetu Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard that song. The theme song from the stellar Civilization Four, making it the first time in history a video game has been nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, I read that. Wow. <laughs> the song, performed by the uh, Soweto Gospel Choir, was nominated for the Best Instrumental Arrangement Accompanying Vocalists category. A little behind the times, the song was nominated for a Grammy five years after Civilization Four released with it as its theme, although any gamer who's ever heard the song will undoubtedly be happy with the nomination nonetheless, as it's a great piece of music and is a wonderful representation of what the gaming has to offer. The Grammy Awards is set on air February 13th, 2011. Hopefully, Christopher Tin can bring one home for the gamers. I know that song. I was just humming it in my... that is one of the only songs I've ever encountered a game... That can actually move me emotionally. Yeah, that that song is just a triumphant piece of music. It is, and it and it does. It encapsulates what that whole game, the feeling of that game. It gets you excited to pl- for what you're about to do. Civ Five had some good music too. It did, but it didn't match that. And no, no. That I mean, Not that at was all. just Not at all. that that song became iconic. I always thought video game music ought to have its own category in something. Um, Diablo 2's music was stellar. I hear mm. Warcraft's uh, Cataclysm yeah. is just off the chart awesome. The, the the music, anyway, not the game. Fuck the game. Um, I've already seen the dragon. Yeah. So. By the way, like, when I started playing, I was like level three, and I saw the dragon go over and destroy a mountain. Really? Yeah. Okay, you, you don't need to play anymore. Yeah, yeah I'm you done. Would, you right. would think that, they, that something would have been nominated sooner, considering that they no longer just bang it out on a keyboard. I mean, they take full orchestras into... The studio and and compose this stuff. And this so. is a fine example of that. Yeah, I hate so, you. I, mean, I want to play Civ Four just to listen to the music. <laughs> <laughs> but once you've gone hex map, you can't go back. Now, in case you're wondering, that song is the song you heard leading into the podcast today, and uh, and you're going to hear some of it leading out too. Yay! So it's that good. So then you'll know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yay. Did you ever play Civ Four? No, 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 no. no. I, I hardly ever play computer games because of the obsession addiction factor. Uh, uh, that so, one especially, but, uh, then, yeah, you better yeah. stay away from that one. Although, ironically, in geek terms, I am familiar with Bobby Yetu because a podcast called Radio Free Hamlet, which is a fourth edition D&D podcast. <laughs> which is a brilliant name, I might add. Yeah, actually uh, plays that in uh, one of their segment interludes. Nice. So That's yeah. a God, great song. Go, go find it. Right on. All right. Next story, due to growing concerns of Internet addiction, the South Korean government is seriously considering instituting an Internet curfew for their youth under the age of 16 from midnight to 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit drastic, wouldn't you say? Uh, a bill will be submitted to Parliament that will actually require online gaming companies to stop service after midnight for users who registered their accounts as under the age of 16. If the bill were to pass... There will be a year-long waiting period in which online gaming companies can prepare for the change. Uh, Joe Rin, a ministry official in charge of the law, provides some insight to the thought process behind the bill. Quote, The thing about online games is, once you are in it, it's extremely hard to get out of it, especially if you are a young kid. 
A lot of kids play games all night long and have trouble staying at school, studying at school, and going about their normal lives during daytime. We believe the law is necessary to ensure their health and a right to sleep. Oh yeah, let's let's make a law instead of saying, "Hey, parents, why don't you just be a parent?" <laughs> well, if the bill passes, it seems like it'd be pretty difficult for youngsters under the age of sixteen to avoid the midnight shutdowns and would have to start studying or sleeping instead. I mean, registering their accounts with an older age takes all the skill and effort in the world. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it'd be so hard <laughs> to put in that thing. How old are you? Chink, chink, chink. Done. Yeah. Oh, was that a racial reference there? <laughs> <laughs> Subliminally, I think it was maybe. Oh, there was uh, it's terrible. Oh, it's, oh. The deep seatedness in it. Oh. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> when the geek accessorizers at uh, Think Geek pretended to sell quote canned unicorn meat <laughs> on April Fool's Day, it generated so much interest they turned it into a real product. Although it consists of a dismembered stuffed unicorn in a can, rather than the sparkly chunks that appear on the packaging. I saw that almost older one. Well, try telling that to German customs authorities, though. A, geek, a Think Geek customer named Ingelmar reports that her order has been held up at the border because, quote, it's supposedly food and meat of a rare animal, unquote. What? That's quite rare. <laughs> this is the letter she wrote to uh, Think Geek. Folks, I just learned it is not very helpful to describe the canned unicorn meat as canned unicorn meat on the invoice when trying to import this. Customs gets really irritated as it's supposedly food and meat of a rare animal. Oh, it's rare, all right. For the sake of keeping things smooth, please label it as canned unicorn plush toy or something less conspicuous. My delicious unicorn is stuck in customs for almost a week now. Best regards, Angomar. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's awesome. Now, canned unicorn meat previously got Think Geek in the hot water with the National Pork Board, which sent it a cease and desist because the product used the slogan, the other white meat. Oh, that's just copyright infringement. Yeah, that's all. Straight that's up. Fine. I thought it was like the other other white meat or something like that. Yeah, perhaps. Oh, well. <laughs> Funny. The U.S. Air Force <laughs> Research Laboratory recently unveiled a supercomputer made out of 1,760 PlayStation 3 consoles. Saw that. Yeah, they were working on that a couple of years ago, too. I wonder why too. they used PS3s. Uh, they used older PS3s instead of the PS3 Slims due to the Slims' lack of Linux support. Okay. Dubbed the Condor Cluster, the Air Force's new computer has some serious specs. 500 teraflops with 168 separate GPUs and 84 coordinating servers. According to the Air Force, at 2 million dollars the system costs only five to ten percent as much as a comparable system made from separate components in addition to consuming one-tenth of the energy really yeah it was cheaper to buy the consoles because the cell processors on their own if they'd bought them in bulk would have cost more than the ps3 itself what kind of processor does the ps3 have like in relation to a top-of-the-line processor that you get in a computer it's it's a custom job i mean it's it has the ps3 has a the original ones i I don't know about the current um slims but had an eight cell processor that okay that uh you know it it it, how many megahertz they ran it I don't recall off the top of my head. I don't even think it counts because it's a completely different processor. Mm. The point is, wow, do we? It's are are we in... at the point right now where it doesn't matter how fast a chip you have as long as you just have a lot of chips? It's not an you... x86 style processor, so I don't know. That all comes down to the software programming, my friend. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I guess so. 
Where oh, they could okay. use all those cores. But yeah, I remember when they first started, they had the idea for this. It was because the the cell processor at the time was so advanced that you could literally, they, they said you could literally build a supercomputer out of off-the-shelf parts and, and, and do it for less expensive than it would be for Let's them to custom build, build one. So. a supercomputer out of speaking spells. <laughs> all right, E.T. Phone home. Respondering is respondering. Yes, respondering. Me and Sarah Palin making up new words for the English language. <laughs> you betcha. Strategery. <laughs> Responding to a fire at George Washington Hotel in Pittsburgh, firefighters discovered what Police Chief J. R. Blythe described as the most grisly murder scene in his thirty-five years of law enforcement. <laughs> After eight hours of detective investigation, however, the murder scene turned out to be a set from a movie scene shot over two years prior. Yes, it took detectives eight hours to figure out that the murder scene, which included a blood splatter, empty bottles of alcohol, and piece of scalp, was nothing more than a movie set for the film New Terminal Hotel, which included actor Corey Haim in the cast. Wow. (laughs) The owner of the hotel, Kirk Pyros, claimed he didn't clean out the hotel room after the movie was finished shooting in case the crew decided they had to revisit the scene for reshoots. Pyros humorously, humorously described the room with the leftover set as the hotel's scare room. Luckily, no one was seriously hurt by the fire that caused the firefighters to discover the scare room. Eight wow. hours. It took them eight hours to figure this out. What the hell were you doing for eight hours? You know what? I have to say, that's some fine effects work. Yeah. Fine there effects work. Fine effects work for a Corey Haynes movie. It's, you know, it's possible. A lot of effects with that sort of thing, they use uh, animal parts. So some of that probably looked pretty authentic if they used, uh, you know, cow's blood. Maybe had a whiff yeah, to it. Well, two-year-old yeah. cow's blood. That's true. Yeah, See? It was a stank. Yeah. Stank room. You can, that's not the... A stank room. Yeah. That's the other room. <laughs> <laughs> that's the room you rent out by the hour? Mm, <laughs> the one with the crunchy carpet? Oh! <laughs> Thank you for that visual. No, it's not funny. <laughs> Oh, I've been in that room, have we? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I have, too, now that I think about it. When you go to a town and there's absolutely no vacancies, and you're like, oh, thank God, finally a place that has a room. And then you're like, I'm a little scared. The, the hotel looks fine, except for the one room they have left. And you walk in, and you're like, something looks off here. Oh, my God. It, you know, it dawns on you that that is what that room is. And you're going to... You know, afraid to take your shoes off because the carpet is crunching under your feet. Well, here in Vegas, we know never lay down on the bed. Yeah, never lay down on the uh, on the what is it? The quilt? Yeah, the top part. The the bedspread. Yeah, Yeah. always peel that off and throw it on the floor. Yep, peels the right word. Yeah, peel peel that off. The sheets are okay. Request fresh sheets immediately because you don't know how long those have been on there. (laughs) There's been a Star of David on the roof of the headquarters for Iran Air, Iran's national airline since before 1979, since the building was constructed by Israeli engineers. Really? But it was only this week that the Iranian government got the unwanted early Hanukkah present after an Iranian spotted the Jewish symbol while browsing Google Earth. They haven't been on, they haven't been on the roof for that many years? They didn't realize that that's what the top of it was carved into the way that the building was structured. You you can't tell until you see an aerial view of it. That's awesome. That's oh, that hilarious. is awesome. 
according to the Jerusalem Post, Israel and the Shah of Varan maintained good ties until the Islamic Resolution, Revolution in 1979 ended the relationship. Before 1979, Israel brokered arms deals with Iran, and there were regular flights between Tehran and Tel Aviv. Once the existence of the Star of David was reported in Iranian media, government officials called for the immediate removal of the apparently offensive Jewish symbol. <laughs> Google Earth strikes again. Someone in Israel is like saying, ha-ha, gotcha. Awesome. It's <laughs> funny. That's hilarious. Now I want to look at my roof. <laughs> hmm. John Favreau sees his third outing with Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, Iron Man 3, due out May 3rd, 2013, to be the one Marvel film to bind them all. Even though Favreau is not entirely sure what directors Joss Whedon, Kenneth Branagh, and Joe Johnston have in store for the Avengers, Thor, and Captain America, respectively, quote, I've talked to Kenneth Branagh, I've had conversations with Joss Whedon in passing, given him my two cents about the film. Favreau believes he's poised to put a bow on this phase of Marvel's movies. In theory, quote, Iron Man 3 is going to be a sequel or continuation of Thor, Hulk, Captain America, and Avengers. Oh, great. It's happening in movies now. It's... Remember when you had to go and buy a whole bunch of different books you don't normally read? Crossovers! Woohoo! <laughs> oh, yeah, continued in this book, number whatever. Yeah. Wow, how do you organize these? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. And you know what? That may not even happen, because what if Thor has a two and... And Captain America has a two. And Avengers has a two. Extinction agenda, brother. Across the board. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but they got to put X-Men in the same universe as the rest of the Marvel characters for that to happen. <clears throat> Crap. Never going to happen. Rob Liefeld, one of comic book's favorite artists. Well. Well, he created Deadpool for Marvel before leaving to co-found Image Comics. We took to Twitter to express his displeasure with the studio that's been taking its time with the Ryle Reynolds starring flick, Deadpool. After appearing in X-Men Origins, Wolverine Reynolds' Deadpool was fast-tracked for a standalone spinoff. Hot off their hit horror comedy Zombieland, Rhett Reese and Paul Wiernick were hired by Fox to write it, and then nothing happened. Well, nothing with Deadpool anyway. Reynolds landed the plum role of Hal Jordan in Green Lantern and the uh, coveted title of People's Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Here's a bit of what Lee Field tweeted about the situation. Dear Fox Studios, get your act together. Deadpool is not Green Lantern and not a family film. DP is filthy. Think Expendables money with RR. Huh? I don't know what RR means. RR. With RR. 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 Ryan Reynolds? Maybe. Oh, with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, okay. Either that means rest and relaxation, which makes no sense. Or it's just a couple He's frustrated. Ah, I think uh, Deadpool's filthy. Think Expendables money with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. Uh, another, another tweet. Also, Fox, find your balls and film the script from Reese and Wernick. You will make loads of money and thank yourself later. And it boils down to this. Ryan Reynolds, the Mr. Sexiest Man Alive, paired with the best comic script ever written. No brainer. Make Deadpool happen. You think this guy's got any pull? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read the script. Yeah, well, none of us have. Or at least mm. shouldn't have. No, but I'm now going to try and find it. <laughs> that would be it. There's so many scripts floating out there that they have to make that they just don't. Instead, they make garbage. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how things, some things get greenlit and some things don't. Now, let's talk about one of those. Okay. For those of you have been, who have been anticipating the return of Ridley Scott to the Alien franchise, well, wait some more. 
Stop! The upcoming prequel, which was supposed to hit the screens in either late 2011 or 2012, has been pushed to 2013. Jesus. This is annoying news for fans who've been eager yes. to see more than the elements that made Alien famous in the first place. In addition to Alien's director Ridley Scott having signed on as the prequel's producer and director, Scott has spoken about bringing original concept artist H.R. Giger on board. Ooh. Giger's imagery brought a... Is it Geiger or Giger? It's, it's... Actually, I think it's Giger because he's Swiss. Who cares? Go on. Uh, Giger Geiger's imagery brought a visceral, nightmarish quality to the movie whose impact is still fresh as it was in 1979. Even worse... This setback isn't the only setback the new installment of the Alien Saga has had to endure. Scott has already clashed with 20th Century Fox over the movie's rating. The script, written by Damon Lidenoff, who uh, is a creator and writer of Lost, mm-hmm. currently involves an alien race called the Growers. The space jockey from the first Alien movie was one of these. Nice. And yes, the premise is R-rated, possibly even NC-17. Oh. 20th Century wants to tweak the content to acquire a PG-13 rating. Why? Uh, Broader audience. Yeah. Stupid. IndieWire said of the postponement, The news is intriguing, intriguing because recently visual effects designer Henry South, in a now-deleted tweet, quoted, Started work on Alien prequel today. Absolutely stunning. Worth waiting till late 2011 for peeps. And last month, Scott told World Screen Magazine, quote, It's written and budgeted, and frankly, we've already booked film stages in England, so I think it'll happen soon. In other words, this delay comes after pre-production had already begun. Production mm. was scheduled for February 2011. Mm. Is it possible for a movie to get a PG-13 and the extended version on DVD to get an R? Oh they, yeah, they don't. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's possible, but they, they don't. They don't, even... they don't process it that way. <clears throat> I mean, it's literally for the studios. Box office draw is nothing to them. They don't care. They don't make their money off of that. What they're looking at doing is distribution. If you put a PG-13 rating on it, you can distribute more copies to more theaters than an R. Yeah, that's right. That's what it comes down to. Because the theaters have to rent those prints. The theater is going to rent more to the popcorn crowd, which is your, your, your teens, because they buy popcorn, candy, blah, blah, blah. So those are your your larger uh, movie going audience. When so. you when you see that a movie made so much money, let's say it made seventy six million dollars, that's not what the studio made. That's what all the theaters made worldwide. Yeah, or nationwide, depending on the numbers. What the studio money is being made is the rental of that movie. The more that movie makes for the movie theater, the longer that movie theater is going to rent that movie from the studio. Yeah, the the, the studios have already made their money by the time that movie hits the hits the theaters. Yeah, oh, and then they make more money of it off of the the DVD because they self distribute the DVDs pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. And licensing. I have this great book on movie economics. You've got to read it. It is. It is. Best. I'm, I'm, he made me read yeah. it. It is amazing. I'm going gonna, gonna to bring it to the Ugly Couch show when we do the next one. So, yes. <laughs> so that's I get this. It's a great book. Ooh, can't wait to talk about it's, it. It is really eye opening. Is it Sigourney Weaver going to be in it, or is it going back? It's goes back. It's a prequel. So I it's, the, it's the grow. It's, it's the growers. It's it's what that alien race where they discovered those pods on that ship. Oh yeah. yeah. So it goes back to that. And uh, while we wait to learn which villain Christopher Nolan will spotlight in The Dark Knight Rises, we don't have to wait any longer to find out which villain won't appear. Aaron Eckhart's scar-faced Harvey Dent, who we all assumed was being set up to return as Two-Face, 
Well, Eckhart told MTV News, Chris and I had a meeting on the beach, just the two of us. I said, Chris, a lot of people are asking me if I'm in the next Batman. And Chris said, yes. And I said, am I? He looked at me and he said, no. And I was heartbroken. (laughs) I was heartbroken, but Chris has his reasons and my life must go on. So, Two-Face, not in the next Batman movie. Let's save him for another one. I always found Two Faced to be kind of a Two Faced. No, no, I just I always felt he was kind of a yeah, kind of a minor villain in the whole. Oh, I don't know. I think they did a nice job with him in the uh, in the cartoon. Well, yeah, the the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I think they gave him some dimension and actually made him pretty complex. So, but yeah, I mean, in the comics, they never yeah, really that, knew yeah. what. They... Well, that's what I was referring to. I should have been more specific. I'm yeah. sorry, but yeah, you're right. No, in the in the in the Batman comic uh, cartoon, uh, you're right. He was much. They did a much more much better than. I'd like to see the Riddler done the right way. I actually did enjoy Jim Carrey's Riddler. What the I, fuck I, is wrong? I admit it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Terrible. You know, I, <laughs> the way he did portray it, I, I will say, is a lot in line with what Ed, Edward Nigma should have been. In you know, well, I mean, I guess is in the comics. Don't roll your eyes, goofball. But the whole rest of the film was cornball. So don't. Uh, no. Oh, I want them to no find can, some. No one can see your suicide pantomime, sir. <laughs> there. I no, want I them can. to find someone who can recreate Frank Gorshin's interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Riddler. I you, freaking love. <laughs> you just love the thick bite of cheese, don't you? Oh you my do. god. I, you, you, who me? You're what? What are you talking? What are you Am talking I going to have to break out the fan. Batman, the movie Blu-ray? Oh, oh don't he's, just, he's just awesome. <laughs> you just love your shark repellent, don't you? <laughs> the bat shark repellent. Yeah, thank you, thank you for, for that direction. <laughs> no I place get you can get rid accurate. of a bomb nowadays. <laughs> they need Adam West. They need Adam West to cameo in these things. I would be so happy with that. Mm, yeah, you could put a shit movie out. I want to see Adam West cameo. Adam Wee. <laughs> I love that. And finally, NASA had their announcement last week. The big one we talked about. Hey, they're yes. going to have their announcement Thursday about something extraterrestrial-esque. For science yeah. geeks like me, this is pretty awesome. Actually, this is pretty fantastic. In Mono Lake, California, scientists have discovered bacteria, dubbed GFAJ-1, that are unlike any other organism on Earth. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. And it's so different that we could even call it alien. Biology class teachers uh, tell us that it takes the presence of carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and sulfur in order to create organic life. These elements are the building blocks of everything on this planet until this. These microbes have two fundamental differences. One, phosphorus exists in the microbe only in negligible amounts. And two, instead of phosphorus, the microorganisms use arsenic. The Washington Post says the research found that some of the bacteria not only use arsenic to live, but had arsenic embedded into their DNA, RNA, and other basic underpinnings. In other words, arsenic, which is poison to every other living creature, isn't just this microorganism's tasty treat. It's part of its very nature. Fox News spoke to a uh, science fiction writer, uh, Robert Sawyer, about what changes this brings. Quoting Sawyer, the change is that NASA will start looking for arsenic as well as possible, possibly other chemicals. This could mean new missions to Titan, which is known for having traces of arsenic. Another change could be scientific equipment we send to space. Probes might be retrofitted to search for arsenic. It's a huge breakthrough. It changes the probabilities for there being life on other planets. 
if there is more than one recipe that makes life, then there are chances of rolling the dice in a chemical soup all over the universe, and the chances of that chemical soup rise, giving rise to life is much larger. And Mono Lake is already a fascinating spot, even before the discovery of the arsenic-based life. Thanks to high alkalinity and salinity, no fish can survive in the waters. Yet, it is home of a species of shrimp that exists nowhere else on Earth. But now it's home to a genuinely alien life. There you go. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And, uh, you know, scientists have theorized for a long time that you could have a silicon-based life form versus a carbon-based life form. But this is like the first real proof that any of that recipe can be swapped out with another chemical compound, you know, that it's like, there's the proof. Mm -hmm. This is possible. There are other recipes for life out there that don't, for organic life, I should say, that don't include what we're familiar with for the last, you know, hundred yeah. so years. So, so what, that, what did, it boils down to? Crystalline ent- entity. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't the, uh, I thought the NASA spokeswoman actually referenced the Horta in her yeah, announcement. Well, Horta, Horta I, 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 I could have sworn based, I heard yeah. about that, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Reference. Super brilliant. Well, one, I'm going to take the obvious joke before anyone else does. There's plenty of silicon-based life in L.A. <laughs> Thank you. And two, something else I, I got from what you just said. Fox News interviewed a sci-fi <laughs> author. Yeah, that's true. First off, Fox News has no, has no business reporting science at all, except those people don't believe in it. Yeah, I and, thought that was kind of interesting, too. <laughs> Because I actually was at work uh, sitting there, and I happened to hear that they were going to do an interview about this NASA announcement. Fox News and I looked science up, as if it's a, a, someone's opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's that was the fascinating thing, is I looked up thinking, oh, it's got to be on CNN, and I saw the Fox News thing twirl in the corner, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, here's, <laughs> there we go. Here's, Ironic some Jesus freak that. is going to... That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, because I said, there's going to be some Jesus freak that's going to attack this NASA scientist... And it was just a straight up back and forth what interview, they, and I was they, shocked. They 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 always put science and and then someone else like an opposing opinion. There yeah. is no opposing opinion <laughs> to fucking fact, you morons. Oh, and then it's not a scientist that they interviewed. They interviewed a sci-fi author. What the fuck? <laughs> My brain is melting. There you go. <laughs> Always. Oh, never That's mind. That's how they created the non-debate with intelligent design. Even in science, they got opinion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they got you fictional don't get opinion. opinion. <laughs> I didn't raise my hand in biology class and say, you know, I, I don't think so. Opinion. No, fail. What the <laughs> Opinion is not news. Opinion is opinion. Your opinions are worthless. And so that <laughs> since we're in opinion, let's go to the big list, gentlemen. Big list. Whee! Yeah. Speaking, speaking of Fox News, News, the top nine failures of this generation. Oh, wait, these are games. Nine failures in games of this game generation. Oh, okay. This is put out by uh, Games Radar. Uh, Andrew Groen is the writer. But uh, I was about to name nine anchors on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> now, these are in no particular order, so it's not a countdown. These are just... All right. Hold on. Time out. Yeah. i got to give them this. All you right. got to give credit where credit's due. All right. Uh-oh. There are some hot anchors on Fox News. That's, well, that's true. That, that was part of their uh, gameplay right there. Yeah. All right. Make it look good. Sticks are hot. Mm-hmm. A little frigid, but hot. Well, before I throw any failures at you for this uh, generation, do you got anything <laughs> to... Uh, any guesses as to the, these Big nine... Fail. Well, this generation... This, game, this, this generation of gaming. 
Oh, this generation. I don't know. Yeah. You've played um, a few of them, I'm sure. Yeah, it's not just games. <laughs> it's also concepts. Oh, okay, concepts, yeah, too. So, okay. Uh, oh. just more concepts than games. I know exactly mm. what the big failure is. All right, give me one. Mo- motion gaming. The okay. game where you got to get off off your ass and, and move around. I don't know. Is that a failure? That seems to sell pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. And the death of the arcade as the, is, is the introduction. Is that of, this of, generation? I would have counted that in the last one. Was it really? Yeah. Arcade yeah. 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 Arcades. Are been, you talking like the standalone console? It's been concept? twitching for a while. Yeah. The arcade's yeah. been kind of dead for mm-hmm. a bit, I guess. It's but, been on life support for a few years. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what I always say. Every time I look, well, I look at an US. arcade, it's a sports simulator mm-hmm. place. Yeah. You know, because well, Disneyland, it's the pre used to have a ton of great video games on oh, two floors. Yeah. It was awesome. Now it's just shit. Yeah. All of it is. No. Any other guesses? No. All right. Then we're going in. First one, it actually is a game. Fairly new game, but deservedly so. All Points Bulletin, APB. (laughs) APB was a great arcade game. No, no, not that one. We're we're talking the big budget MMO. I'll confess. We we actually interviewed these guys at Comic-Con a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a big budget project that was mismanaged by developer real-time worlds throughout the production. Crimecraft? Uh, that's right. You read Crimecraft the one we did, and that didn't do too well either. No, no, either. The same but this shit. one did worse. Oh God! Because uh, after being hyped for years, it finally hit store shelves in June this last June, 2010, and pre-order victims customers found they had been anxiously awaiting a jumbled mess. There were crippling bugs and install problems from the outset. But those problems are typical and common for newly released MMOs. Usually the developer then sets about releasing patch after patch, and somewhere between two weeks, two months later, game becomes playable. Not so with APB. The catastrophic mismanagement of the project and the company caused real-time worlds to fold just three months later, taking the game down with it. Even the epic failure that was Tabula Rasa lasted six times longer than that. Not only did the developer fail its paying customers, it failed its employees by killing half a decade of their work. Firing said employees wasn't so great either. The MMO failed completely out of the market three months later. Record. I I played Tabula Rasa for like a day. Yeah. It was utter garbage. I know. Richard Garriott's name was attached to that too. That's That's why. That's what hurt the most. That's why I... I yeah, that's it. yeah because his that's a name and man, boy, sullied. Crap. <laughs> All right, number two, console MMOs. Hmm. Yes, failure. <laughs> over failure. The, over the last eight years, Final Fantasy, get out of here. We have been promised well over a dozen awesome-sounding console MMOs, from True Fantasy Live Online to DC Universe Online. There's been no shortage of hyped-up console Star. MMOs. But how many actually made it to release? Well, last count, two. EverQuest and Final Fantasy XI are the only MMOs to have seen action on consoles. And not entirely sure what it is that's holding them back. But after so many failures, we consistently find it hard to get excited for upcoming games like The Agency and DC Universe, which we'll undoubtedly see for the delays. Now, it could have been better if... True Fantasy Live Online, Star Trek Online, Marvel MMO, Huxley, The Agency, does 514 hadn't all been canned or massively delayed on consoles. I actually beta-tested EverQuest on the PS2. Did you actually play it? I remember you had the disc. I did. I played it a little bit. I just got bored with it. Oh, you got bored playing EverQuest? Imagine that. I know, right? (laughs) I just... But yeah, I was was beta-testing the the online component of it, you know, playing Mm -hmm. it. 
as a MMO on a console. And it just got, I seriously was just like, wow, I cannot see myself wasting any time on this. So I just stopped playing it. You should get you should get into World of Warcraft. You'd hate it. Uh, I probably you'd, you'd would. Absolutely. You need a computer to do MMO to do an MMO. You need to be able to chat, you know, quickly. Uh, well, I don't know because I will say the one that it shows most promise so far, and it's still going forward, is the DC Universe one. When I played it at Comic Con, I was doing it through a console, through a console running, and the fact that you're not chatting with typing, you're chatting over the over the speakers. Yeah, they, there was a thing, uh, not, not Second Life, I think it was called There. It was just one of those social worlds. It How was about like, Home? It, you it want to go like Home? Game. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> but the, yeah, when you're chatting, it, it did that natively. You didn't have to okay. use Ventrilo or right. anything like that. And that was a good thing. Um, they do that now in World of Warcraft, I believe, where if you're in a group, you can chat with other people. Yeah. But uh, maybe that'll help. I still don't see consoles as being the right place for that because consoles are undoubtedly skewed for just a slightly younger generation. Okay. You know this. Um, The games are not as advanced as PC games. They never will be. And they always say that dumbing down games for consoles is what delays games a lot. It costs a lot of money. Right. It's just console games, not as uh, in-depth as PC games. You will never see Civilization Five on a console. You'll see Civ Revolution. Right. The, I like the game. It's fun, but let's face it, it's dumbed down. It's true. So, go figure. In fact, I see Civilization Five as a melding between those two, Revolution and Part Four. Kind of, kind of. They took the good things of Four and the good things of Revolution mm-hmm. and put them together, but they still haven't got the AI right. No, no, never will. <laughs> Number three, never-ending PS3 system updates. Oh my god. Uh-huh. god. Yeah, there was just one today, and it all it did was apply like a single security patch. The anger over PS3 system updates have been gaining steam lately. It seems like there's a new update every week or two, not to mention the mini updates you're subjected to once the game starts. If you haven't played your PS3 in a month, you're looking at 30 minutes or more of updating, and even more for each game you want to play. Plus, the exception of big things like move support and Netflix. Most users typically don't care or even can't even tell what each update does. It's a system that subtly but effectively encourages you to not continue using the system. And it could have been better if the updates were actually useful once in a while and took less time to install than driving to the store to buy an Xbox 360 instead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I will say this for Microsoft. They do have the update thing down right. You yeah. Know? yeah, it takes two seconds. Uh, yeah, and, and usually it does it automatically. It pops on, it's like an update's required, boop, and then you're right into the game. Yeah. Hey, practice seconds. makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I don't have this experience. I don't have a PS3, so... Nope. Well, for you PC gamers, there's games of games for Windows Live at number four. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, this, yeah, even I, I tried this and balked. Games for Windows Live was billed as the savior of PC gaming, plug-and-play system that was going to guarantee quality and make installing and playing a game on any PC with any hardware specs as simple to enjoy as popping a game into a disc into a console. Years later, Games for Windows Live has become little more than a burden to PC gamers and a digital rights management tool for developers. The system is cumbersome and has been widely criticized by PC gamers as Microsoft trying to impose a one-size-fits-all policy to its gaming system, like trying to make the PC into another Xbox 360. And it could have been better if 
well, it was more like Steam, the digital delivery service that truly does improve PC game experience most of the time. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan of Steam. Interesting yeah. side note here. The original Xbox was developed as a system that anybody could take any disc, any CD-ROM, mm. pop it in, and it would play the game. So, because that's why it uses a lot of off-the-shelf components, like you know, mm-hmm. the, the 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 CPU and the uh, the graphics processing unit in the original Xbox were all off-the-shelf stuff. the 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 idea behind it was to incorporate in the operating system and easy all to the use components. PC that, system. Yeah, exactly. Make it essentially a, strim, a slimmed it down PC up OS that you wouldn't have to boot up and wait for you know three minutes for the system to boot up and then pop the disc in and then have to go through an install process. All you were originally, all it, that you would have to have done was pop it in, put the disc in and go. And then Microsoft, um, decided that, uh, you know, the guys that had developed this had done such a great job that they were going to make it a competing console with, uh, PlayStation and then changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> they I re- completely I re- changed it. I remember reading the article talking about that because the developers yeah. were actually talking about that and they were, they were going over this with, uh, with Gates. Mm-hmm. And at one point he was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You mean this isn't going to be able to play computer games? And they're like, no, no, Bill. And it's like that it took some work to get him turned around because he was all just like, well, whoa, what are you doing? But they're like, we have the technology to make the most awesome console ever, please. Yeah. Because I think it started, I, I, I forget the, the specifics, but I believe it was like two guys in R&D that had developed this thing, and, and they had it working. And when um, their bosses saw it and said, hey, this has got potential. We could compete with Sony and the PlayStation. And, you know, the rest is pretty much history. But, uh, but yeah, it was pretty fascinating. Well, number five, Twitter on consoles. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> One has to wonder how much manpower went into developing the Twitter, Xbox Live, and PSN clients. After all the work, all gamers got was a service that nobody even bothers using. It's much faster to get up and type an update on your computer or reach for your smartphone. I tried it once. It's exactly right. And all Twitter users got was a bunch of annoying status updates of how Kill Your Mom 96 earned a trophy in Uncharted 2. (laughs) (laughs) I personally don't want people knowing all that <laughs> so so i earned a trophy in some game great that means that i'm home and they can bother me dr Vlarg <laughs> is playing fable 3 yeah really your boss is like oh ho <laughs> yeah i know my boss is on my is, is a now, facebook friend of mine now i gotta watch what i say yeah I, now am, <laughs> really. am, am i is it is it our generation uh or i mean be, is there really a generation out there that absolutely doesn't care that the world knows every freaking thing it's doing yeah, you know, and yeah, I'm not talking yeah. about tweeting like, you know, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm talking about all of this status update stuff where I'm seeing people now where, where their mobiles will tell you, will tell Facebook where they're at. Fair Foursquare. Yeah. So you can, uh, if you yes. visit a place enough, you can become the mayor of it. Like, I can become the mayor of <laughs> yes. your house if I was over here. Foursquare is crazy. Yeah. So, and, um, and stupid. Such a bad idea well, to do. Even, even, even uh, more than this, like employers are actually looking like potential hires yeah, you know when they go through your resume and stuff, they actually start looking for Facebook pages and Twitter accounts mm-hmm. because they want to see what you do in your off time. Which I still think your off time is your off time; it's your own business. But yeah. they use it as a gauge for whether they think you're going to be a decent employee or not. So they start looking at your your pictures and stuff. You know what you're mm-hmm. doing. If I was hiring someone, I would. Yeah, 
In fact, Why? I was What's hiring your... someone recently, and I did look at all their Facebook pages and look for them online and see what their kind of person they are. Did you hire them? I, I, end, I ended up that we didn't hire anybody. Oh, okay. but, uh, <laughs> it was that bad. It was that, yeah, it was that bad. So you yeah, think the list of, an... of candidates was shit. You but... think what people put on a Facebook page is an accurate representation of who they are as a person or a potential employee? I do not think it is accurate, but it's a little window. It's a little thing to look at. Because I know people that do have Facebook accounts and they're completely different with their, their persona online than they are in real life. Oh, of course. But if I come across a page that says, Hi, my name is Barry, and I sure like eating shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy some shit with, with every meal because it makes me strong and healthy. Yeah, I get a little ill now and then, but you know, you learn to overcome that. Please, everyone, who else eats shit around here? G- give, me thir- give me 30 minutes. I can make that page hit. Um, <laughs> give me 10 minutes. That's how Rubber Wang got started. <laughs> so hopefully one of Paul's future employers will say... <laughs> What's this page with your face on it? With a rubber wang. I don't know if I can have you here and, as an employee of Churchland. Just to let you know, folks, the reason Barry keeps talking about eating shit is because he recently watched Human Centipede. So uh, he, it's, he's awesome got that, movie. He's got that stuck uh, on the brain right yeah, now. Awesome movie. But no, seriously, I, I was of the generation maybe like five years ago, that said, you know, I want to I start a blog and a Twitter and this, that, and the other thing, and so people can see what I'm doing all the time, and I can try to achieve that elusive internet celebrity, mm-hmm. you know? And really, I don't really care. I'm never going to run for office. Right. I've made that clear. <laughs> um, this show alone will prevent me from yeah. ever being in working office. No kidding. Um, and so, so I, I, you know, if, I, if I'm going to do it, do it. Go big or go home, right? Yep. Put everything put everything out there for everyone to see. What do I have to hide? Really, I don't care. Yes, I'm not going to post, hi, I'm shitting. Um, Twitter shitters, as they used to call them. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank I'm you, Penny the- Arcade. Yes. <laughs> but I will post, like, hey, here's what I did today. You know, I did all this cool shit. Because I had an interesting life, because I was an alien in Star Trek. The experience, no, sure, sure. You know? uh, if I was an insurance agent or something, like an accountant, something boring... I crunched numbers today. That's not that's not interesting. I, I didn't post that sort of thing. Um, but now, as I'm as I'm older, and I have clients that I deal with all the time, who could easily Google me and find me on Facebook or something, like oh, I want to be a friend of Barry Rob on Facebook. Yeah, I don't post things on Facebook that say this client was an asshole. Oh yes. Yeah, because that could get back to them. Yes, mm-hmm. it can. Well, he you, just told <laughs> how many how many server friends do we have that we see updates where they're complaining about customers? We've got oh, yeah. our own or little bosses, circle. We've yeah. got a few where people are complaining. Oh my God, the tip this person left, or all that you know. So. Well, that sort of thing is okay because it's servers and you're, no one goes and Google's their freaking server because you don't tell them your last name. No, but the bosses do. But yeah. the bosses do. But that's you know. Well, I've read people getting in trouble for for that exact thing actually yeah. so. that's this is a little crazy i mean obviously you don't you don't say bad stuff about your boss right. online or like coworkers and, and that's stuff. why kids you make your page private and don't friend your bosses yeah yeah and well, or coworkers or accept their friend requests yeah yes well, yeah, they will they will send you friend requests yeah they do eventually i i, I have some and i was like really I work for you, and you're sending me a friend request? Yeah. Uh, now, a winner is not you. I did accept my boss's friend request. But he's a cool guy, so it's all good. Mm. You know, now. That's different. But ultimately, he's still your boss. 
Ultimately, yeah. But I did it anyway. I don't care. All right. He lives fucking five doors down from me. I can't hide. That's true. <laughs> you can't even run. <laughs> no. That's because I'm out of shape. <laughs> Number six, the lie of the 20-40 gigabyte hard drive. Yeah. God. When the Xbox 360 first released, there were two options available. The most expensive version with the 20 gigabyte hard drive included, and the pack that quickly became nicknamed, plug your ears kids, the retard pack, <laughs> which came with no, H, no hard drive at all. Society's moniker of choice, not mine. Little did we know that both versions of the console were completely inadequate. Over the years, the 20 gigabyte hard drive has become almost laughably small as Microsoft releases ever more reasons why you need at least 60 gigabytes or more. And the 40 gigabyte PS3 might be even worse, though. With mandatory installs soaking up as much as several gigs per game, it's pretty much impossible to play more than three games at a time without having to jockey back and forth, deleting and installing each game. Bravo, Microsoft, Sony. This is how you treat your day one customers. Actually, it's not. It's how they treat their gullible customers, as anyone currently buying the Xbox 360 Kindle Bundle Pack, which has a 4 gigabyte 360 and no memory card in the box, is learning. Wow. Wow. But then again, you can also buy the hard drive separate for the The, the optional gig. hard drive. Yeah. It's not optional at all! <laughs> it's, it's, it's a requirement. It's just... It's one way for them to cut costs by including that stupid... Connect bundle and say, "Here you go. All you have to buy the hard drive separately." I really shouldn't do air quotes on a radio show, should I? Yeah, <laughs> but, probably should. But that's. Uh... Yeah. I think hard drive sold separately has become the batteries not included of the, uh, you know, of the 21st century here. Yeah. Number seven, the obvious red ring of death. Oh God! Hansel's hotter than a dragon's breath. We don't. Which. Uh... We don't know what's more embarrassing for Microsoft's games division, the abysmal lifespan of its flagship product, or the fact the company is still trying to convince us the failure rate's only about 30%. Independent survey conducted by Game Informer puts the failure rate closer to 55%, and there are staffers who burned through three or more 360s in the last five years. The problem is that users who usually you enjoy their systems most are the ones who get burned the fastest. The deep, relaxing breath of air that the 360's curved design was meant to symbolize has instead become a symbolization for a sharp gasp the gamer takes when they see the red rings or the math, mass uh, breath-holding of gamers praying their systems didn't fail before Black Ops came out. <laughs> yeah, we burned through two. So. I burned through one. Yeah. Did you ever send yours in? Yeah, I sent it in. But then when it came back, I just never bothered opening it because we had Deb's machine. Yeah. So I just I, took I the just... hard drive off my Elite and put it on her regular machine. Yeah, then it becomes I... an Elite. Well, yeah, I mean, you, for, for, seriously, for, like, a God, it had to have been six months. You so had amazing. it sitting there. And I'm like, are you going to mail that in? Oh, yeah. yeah, eventually. Okay. <laughs> well, I did mail it in. I got it back. And then uh, our friend Kelly said, hey, you want to sell your Xbox? Okay. So I sold it to her. Sans hard drive. <laughs> Number eight. We online play. I don't have a Wii. Oh, a host of ridiculously overprotective features intended to prevent child predators still couldn't keep uh, Nintendo out of the headlines. It still showed up in the news relatively frequently as its web browser function was portrayed by mindless talking heads in the senseless uh, mainstream media as an inevitable black hole that will suck your children into a life spent primarily looking at Donkey Dong. The uh, Paul. Wii, <laughs> the Wii's Paul. ridiculously over-the-top safety features... Uh, friend codes, etc. 
may have prevented a few kids from being verbally fondled over the internet, but it has prevented millions of gamers from getting any enjoyment whatsoever out of their anemic online options available. And finally, and again, no specific order. Okay. Number nine, faceplates. Wait, huh? Faceplates, that front of the Xbox that is actually removable, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Is it really? Yes, it is. Years is it from easy now, to do? No. <laughs> I was going to do it right now. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. We like our <laughs> Xbox. <know> <laughs> All right. That leads to damage to both the Xbox and the remover. My <laughs> knee. So years from now, if uh, Microsoft's remembered for only one achievement in the gaming business... Uh, we hope it's the people remember them as the only company in history that failed to sell cheap plastic crap to gamers. <laughs> Stick a Zelda, God of War, Halo logo on just about anything, and gamers will flock, lay down their paychecks for it. And yet somehow, even a decent idea like the interchangeable Xbox 360 faceplate still managed to fail. Maybe it was the insanely greedy $20 or more asking price, but the faceplates more likely failed because you had to stab your console 50 times with a screwdriver to get the damn things off, and every time you did, you ran the risk of destroying the faceplate itself, particularly important things like the power and reset buttons. Gamers would have been more than happy to accessorize and snazz up their gaming gear, but they don't take kindly to the mistreatment of their hardware. Yeah, when the Xbox first came out, I bought this uh, customizable faceplate faceplate kit for it oh that's right yeah literally it came with a bunch of uh printable cards that you pop in your inkjet printer so you get it had design software you could put whatever you wanted on it print it out and then it stamped into this clear plastic faceplate and uh it was actually kind of cool but at the same time you were very limited with what you could put in that area that would print for the faceplate so most people i know that have their xboxes tuck them away so all the stuff that goes on the top of the Xbox and the side of the Xbox, you don't even really see the damn thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand what the point is of the custom Xboxes unless they maybe made one that would glow like my Tron controller. That would be kind of cool. I mean, I, there's people that do custom mods like that out there. Yeah, not worth it. You custom mod it, you're going to break it. Well, yeah, and you void your warranty immediately as soon as you do it. Yeah, no. And if you want to know more about this list, you can go to Games Radar. There's actually more failures than I brought. These are just the ones I chose from the list. Because ah. they have a lot of specific games that fit in their generation failures. Right. But uh, we just don't have the time, because that's all the time we have Duke for Nukem Geek Shock. I thought, of, I thought of it. Duke Nukem Forever. Failure. <laughs> Is that more of a 90s failure, though? It's that's such what a it was failure, because it's been so long. <laughs> it, expand, it's, it's, it's it transcends time. It's generation. <laughs> However... It is coming out. Yeah. By Bethesda. Whatever. Yep. So it's... Pull the other one. No, no. The demo is out there. You can play it. <laughs> I think you can download it, actually. No one even cares anymore. Do you care? Write to us. Comments at UglyCowShow.com or write to us in the comment section. And, uh, you know, write to... We love those comments on iTunes and Zoom or whatever crazy MP3 player your kids are using your iPity pads. <laughs> Damn kids. Yeah. You don't know nothing about games. But that's it for this week of Geek, but next week there'll be another one. So till then, I'm Master Torgo. I'm Dr. Lord. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And uh, we'll talk again next week. See? We can talk next time. Oh, we're not going to yeah, see, we're not gonna see, see anybody. Them. See anybody. That's right, viewers. Get ready see for some talking. See your way out. We're going to have some uh, 
some back and forth. Actually, some witty banter. Actually, we're not going to have any talking. It's, it's, it's just us lecturing people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do that we're not, because we're they're not, they're not talking to us. We can't. They, if, they, if they call, we've already done the show, so we can't take their calls. We can take their calls later. Later. So All right, we'll take your call later. <laughs> Caller, you're not on the air. We should do a cast by Twit. No, it's a terrible <laughs> one. text. Terrible. All right, four Twits listening to Twits. It's great. <laughs>